0: Hello Roadmen, welcome back to the A1 Show podcast. Thanks for joining me. I've got an action-packed show uh, and I'm looking forward to getting stuck into it. Today I'm going to talk a little bit further about Stoic philosophy reading I've been doing and how it has major applicability to cycling. I want to talk about my daily vlog and why the hell I'm doing that. I want to talk about the first Irish win of the season. Happens to coincide with the first World Tour win of the season. Yep, it's that lad from Carrick again. It's Sam Bennett. So, without pushing it off, I'm going to dive right in. So, the daily vlog. The daily vlog, the daily vlog. Anyone who's watching this on YouTube... It's a handy watch for you guys because it's probably the video above or below. If you're on the podcast, you're going to have to jump over to YouTube and check out A1 Coaching to find the daily vlog. The daily vlog is a big commitment. The daily vlog is an intrusion into my personal life. The daily vlog is you know, putting my dogs and my girlfriend and my friends on video, which can sometimes be annoying. And those people aren't always in the mood to have a camera trust in their face. So why am I doing it? i'm not even massive on new year resolutions i think if you want to make a change the changes need to be made in real time and not wait for you know an arbitrary calendar date but nevertheless there is something about the calendar that gives us a fresh hope and a renewed enthusiasm and yeah I wanted to capitalise on that and I know a lot of our clients make new year resolutions as well so a bit of a show of solidarity with the guys and girls making new year resolutions I'd said I'd jump in and make one myself. So my resolution was to learn videography and photography and I've been always so bad at learning stuff in the abstract. So I said this is my chance. I'm not gonna learn it in the abstract. I'm gonna apply it. I have a vehicle through the A1 YouTube channel to apply it straight away and that's what i'm going to do and that's what i have done i think i'm up to episode uh, vlog number 11 or so i didn't start on january 1st because i wasn't back to work on january 1st but i've been pretty much every day since i got back so yeah it's been interesting it's been exciting it's hopefully been informative and entertaining for you if you haven't checked it out go and check it out right what i want to talk to you about is my journey to eliminate stuff from my life uh, kind of rose out of my stoic reading that I've been going through a lot of reading Marcus Aurelius meditations and uh, the book by Ryan Holiday his most recent one stillness is the key so I'm on a journey to eliminate stuff this year it's not a new year resolution it's just something that I'm finding myself doing this year so I'm trying to eliminate things. Some people will put a tag as minimalism on this. Some people will put a tag as essentialism on it. I don't think the tag is quite as important as the action. And I think sometimes when we get hung up in them isms, minimalism, essentialism, we it actually it loses a lot of meaning. And then you know, it's I was vegan for a little bit, and I know when I was vegan for a little bit, if you went to a barbecue, I wasn't vegan for moral reasons. I was vegan for performance reasons I was trying to minimize inflammation I was experimenting with it but if I went to a friend's barbecue and he was cooking sausages or burgers I'd have a burger because I had no moral objection to eating meat but you know you get people trusting it back in your face oh you can't be a vegan if you have a burger once every six months you can be whatever you want to be the strict definitions aren't necessary so the same as we go through this it's important to keep that in mind whether you want to call it minimalism essential That's a mouthful isn't it? It's a tongue twister, minimalism, uh, essentialism or anything in between. So it's the idea of removing things that don't bring value to your life, out of your life. So this is just getting rid of non-essential stuff from your life. There's a couple of reasons why this is beneficial straight off the bat. It's very easy on your pocket. Like you're going to save money when you stop bringing stuff into your life that you don't need and question whether it's question whether it's actually necessary you're going to clarify what's actually important to you by removing this stuff and you're going to allow more time to spend on pursuits that you enjoy more time spending with friends more time spending with family so the whole doctrine kind of stems from a an ancient economist and a phrase known as conspicuous consumption So conspicuous consumption, it's the spending of money on or acquiring luxury goods and services to publicly display economic power. So I would contend that the sort of modern version of that, our decisions are motivated by status and our decisions are motivated by improving our status. So we take a decision to buy a new bike based on if it's gonna improve our status among our peers. Are people likely to think I'm doing well in work? Are people likely to think I'm successful and I have it together? If I can spend this money on a new bike, if I can spend this money on a new car, if I can live in this big fancy house, it's motivated by what other people think. But we can't control what other people think. We can't make people be impressed by our new house. We can't make people be impressed by our new car. It's up to them whether they're impressed or not. We'd be much better off taking that time and that energy that we're putting into trying to impress others, and just trying to find out why we have a piece inside us that needs to impress people. And by working on that, it's a much shorter route to happiness. Great podcast that's worth listening to. It's called The Minimalists, and they, you know, they're kind of redefining what it is because when you think minimalist, you do have a preconception of some dude who has one cup, one fork and he's pretty miserable because he doesn't own any clothes it doesn't have to be that as I said it can be many different varieties in between but how it's taken shape for me so far this year I've pared down my wardrobe completely so thrown out absolutely bags of clothes and I've kept two pairs of jeans I've kept one gray pair of jeans and I've kept one black pair of jeans and I've kept one pair of jean shorts so three pairs of items uh, for wearing and then I've kept about four t-shirts and I've kept, I think, two hoodies. This is coming down from 40 or 50. I haven't gone through my cycling wardrobe yet. That's next. To, that's next to go. I have absolutely hundreds of cycling jerseys. Hundreds of cycling bottoms. They're all going in the bin. Uh, the reason why, it was a little bit of experiment with my casual wardrobe, whether I was going to roll it out or whether I was even going to tell you guys about It kind of depended on the success of it. But... It's been brilliant for me. It's been absolutely brilliant. What I found is I've just, I almost have a mental clarity or more mental peace with it. It's, I wake up in the morning and I don't have to worry about what I'm going to wear because I just don't have that many choices. I normally have one pair of jeans in the wash and one in the closet. And I'm just on that rota of washing. Don't worry, I have plenty of socks and jocks. I didn't throw all them out. So yeah, personal hygiene is still important. So I, one pair in the wash one pair on the go and this is a rota that's kind of working for me super well so i just wake up in the morning and i don't have these choices and it's just when we're absolutely bombarded with choices we get decision fatigue and we've seen there's very famous examples of people who wear the same thing every day and they just have you know four pairs of the same jeans four pairs of the same t-shirt or four sets of the same t-shirt maybe i will go in that direction eventually but for now i'm kind of enjoying the variety of having a couple of different t-shirts a couple of different hoodies a couple of pairs of jeans as i say it's finding what works for you in this whole thing and this sort of i'm calling it a journey towards essential living because was the 40 hoodies i had were they all essential absolutely not were they making me any happier absolutely not actually quite the opposite because i'd have to trawl through you know drawer after drawer to find my favorite hoodie and i found i probably only wore the same two hoodies all the time the two i kept so the rest they're gone so it's that journey towards essential living and that means you're starting to question stuff that you're bringing into your life you know do you need new cycling kit do you need a new bike do you need new wheels if the answer is yes, there's absolutely no problem. It's essential. You're bringing it into your life, it's bringing you happiness, it's bringing you joy, it's essential. But if you're just getting it to consume because it'll, because it's not necessary, I guarantee it'll be a fleeting happiness. And that fleeting happiness, it, once it dissipates, all it's gonna leave is a hole in your bank account and it's gonna sit in the closet gathering dust. So by starting to make those deliberate decisions, We take back control. It starts in the wardrobe, but it extends to life. We take back control. We take back control of our choices. You know, so many of our choices are, we don't make them deliberately. We make them on autopilot. We make them by omission, by failure to make a choice. You know, think about the the typical career trajectory that we take out from school. You get certain points in your leaving cert, so you go down a certain track. You know, for me, it was into law come out the far side of law you're expected to get a job out the far side of the job you're expected to find someone and settle down after that you're expected to to have kids expected to have a family and that's all fine if you're deliberately choosing and that's the deliberate life you're making for yourself but if you're not choosing and you're letting someone else choose it for you society's determining the path that you're going and the problem is it's there's always happiness is always just down the line happiness is always once I graduate I'll be happy, once I meet someone that I love I'll be happy, once I get that job I'll be happy, once I get promotion I'll be happy, happiness is like it's a carrot on the end of a stick and you can never quite get that carrot because no matter where you get to happiness is always down the line so this idea of essentialism it's taking back control of that and saying you know what I have everything right now I need to be happy, happiness isn't a someday pursuit for me, happiness is something that's attainable and it's achievable right now with the tools i have with the place i am in my life right now i don't need anything else to be happy i don't need anything else to validate me i don't need the new car so my neighbor will think i'm super successful right now i have all the tools at my disposal i need to be happy i told you it was deep i told you it was deep so who knew starting to throw out some of your stuff in the wardrobe was actually a journey towards you know taking back control of your life and just stopping it. stop being a Passenger or a prisoner, or whatever way you want to phrase it, uh, in your journey through life. I heard, was it a Joe Rogan podcast I was listening to? And Joe Rogan had a great analogy. One of the best pieces of advice I heard. I know some people uh, hating on Joe Rogan because he's become so popular in the last 12 months, but Joe Rogan has some nuggets. One of the ones he was saying is, You should live your life like you're the hero in your own movie. So starting right now, you're writing this movie, you're the director. This movie can go any direction you want. Start it. Start writing this movie. Start start scripting the hero's journey. So right now, you're the hero. Where do you want to go? What's the hero? What adventures is the hero gonna have? What crazy exploits is the hero gonna live through? And at the end of your life, if you can look back on this movie, and proudly say, you know what, I was badass. That was some. Fucking enjoyable stuff. That was a great life. I made contribution. I had meaning. I had connections, and I had fun along the way. You know, that's a movie worth watching. If you have a look when you get to the end of the road, and you look at this movie, and you're embarrassed and you're apologetic, and you're like, "That was a boring ass movie." I sat. I done the same thing for thirty years. I had no adventure outside of work. I had no meaningful connections with family because i was distracted with stupid shit like social media. You know, it's not going to be a movie you're going to enjoy, it's going to be a box office flop. So start now, scripting and creating your box office sensation movie. Uh, I think it was a Helen Keller quote where she said, Life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. And I think that's a great mantra. To I know we're at the point in the new year, what are we, January 23rd or 24th or something. And I think it's January 19th or 20th is typically the day when most people break their new year resolutions so we're just past that but what an amazing mantra to take into the new year to take into the you know real part of the new year because it's a bullshit part of the new year to begin because everybody's like yo I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week and I'm going to have a six pack by February you know those ambitions they're they're trivial they're transient so now we can start getting into meaningful stuff and the people who actually are serious about making change can throw their hands up and say yeah I'm going to start making change now so this is it's the championship quarter it's the it's where we're going to make meaningful change it's starting around now it's not the early periods of january but imagine you took that mantra and you lived on it for the rest of the year life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all what sort of mad stuff could you do like we're living it through an unprecedented era with internet with you know the ability to work remotely with the ability to just dream whatever you want into reality any career you want into reality You know, I have a talk show, I have a talk show on the radio and you're listening to it right now. How absolutely crazy is that? Like if I had said to my career guidance counsellor, yeah, my job is going to be, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to talk turf to a load of lads on the internet and this is how I'm going to make my money, I'm going to squander away my law degree. He would have said, get the boat here and locked up. This is a ridiculous thing to do. But you know what, I love talking turf, I love talking cycling and I thank you for listening and making that possible. So here's a really cool exercise I want you to try. So if you're in the car, you have my permission to pause this and pull over. Try and take out an old-school pen and paper. Don't do this on your phone. I don't know, there's something cool and there's something nice about the tactile nature of pen and paper, writing something on the smell of it or something, or the way you ink touches the paper, I don't know. Uh, I want you to write on one side of the page your someday list. So someday you would, you know, I'm going to throw out random stuff that would be just cool to do. Someday I would like to uh, live on my own terms. So get up whenever I want, go to bed whenever I want, and not have anyone telling me where I have to be at what times all day. Someday I would like to live in Girona. Someday I would like to own an RV and travel the world in it. Someday I would like to lose 10 kilograms. Someday... I would like to do gravel races in Europe. Someday I would like to have a deeper, more meaningful connection with my partner. Someday I would like to listen to my dad's old stories. So these are a lot of someday things. Some of them I want and some of them are just common things I hear people saying that someday they'd love to do. Now, Now on the backside of that paper, Sketch out everything you've done today. So, you got up, you had a breakfast that probably wasn't too healthy for you. You jumped into the car, stuck in traffic, went to work, took shit orders from someone you didn't like listen to, scrolled mindlessly through social media, stuck in the car again, more traffic, frustration. Got home, ate some bad food, told yourself you'd exercise but didn't, Watch some mindless Netflix went to bed again scrolling on your phone while half-heartedly engaging in conversation with your partner. So that's your someday list versus your today list. Now can you see the problem? The someday list it's never going to happen. Our our actions today aren't calibrated towards success. For us to hit that someday list, we need to set up a domino. This is what we try and do with our clients. We say, "Okay, your goal is it's crossing the finish line at the end of the whole route. Your current fitness level is we assess it from a test. And then we say, Okay, so today's session, it's lined up. So all you gotta do is do today's session and that starts off a chain reaction. It starts off momentum that you complete today's session, that means you hit the weekly goal. It means you'll hit the monthly goal. Means you'll hit the quarterly goal. Means you're gonna achieve success eventually. That's what we need to do in life. That's what we need to do. So our someday goals someday i want to you know what whatever one of them was someday i want to live in girona so if that's your someday goal let's work it backwards let's build it backwards and go okay if that's my someday goal let's put a date on it so say at the end of the year okay so what are the roadblocks so we call an escape arrival framework so what we'd like to arrive at is girona what i'd like to escape from is my current living situation so now what are the KPIs along the way? Okay, I need to earn X amount each month to make this happen. I need to get my partner on board so she's going to have to leave her job to make this happen. I need to set up a life for myself over their apartment house. So then you break down each of them into steps and you make sure you build some of these necessary steps and action points into your daily routine because if you're not building this stuff into your daily routine, the someday is never going to happen. The someday isn't the someday list. It's a dream list. It's a wish list. It's stuff that, you know, you'll say to yourself, oh, if circumstances were better, I'd do this. But in all honesty, you won't. It's something you just write down and you think to just make yourself sleep a little bit easier at night. But if that's your reality, and it may not be your reality, but if that is your reality, now was the wake-up call. It was deep. It was heavy. And that's what I've got from the Stoic reading. And, you know, I've taken, you know, I'm not sitting here uh, saying to you guys that I'm the finished article that... Uh, I have all this stuff right, it's a journey and it's lessons I'm learning as I go along and I'm making some right moves and I'm making some wrong moves, but hopefully I'm starting to get the tools to, when I realise I'm making a wrong move, to pause, reflect and adjust my direction and start calibrating actions towards my ultimate destinations. Some fascinating uh, insights into in Ryan Holiday's book, Stillness is the Key, well worth picking up. Uh, along with that minimalist podcast i recommend this because if you are watching on youtube just take one second hit the like button and hit the subscribe button and drop me comments down below big goal this year starting to grow this youtube channel and if you're over on the podcast definitely jump across and check out the youtube and if you're on podcast actually keep hitting them uh, reviews because the reviews are brilliant on the podcast and i'm really enjoying reading them so keep whacking those in really appreciate it Guys, the World Tour season has kicked off in earnest. Tour Down Under, Stage 1 began yesterday, and well, there's a, there's the prelude to the the crit that's on the day before. It's kind of the prelude to it, but I don't think it's classified. Maybe I'm wrong, I don't think it's classified as a World Tour event. But then, anyway, that was taken by Caleb Ewan as uh, Bennett was caught. In a crash in a final lap and he was kind of far back and he didn't come up but i'm gonna say for dramatic purposes and because of massive irish bias that bennett won the opening one day the opening world tour race of the season so chapeau sam bennis and um, sam bennett obviously a lot of pressure coming on his shoulders coming into the kind quick step and he won today's stage into tunda i'm gonna say it was called Bunch sprint in the end. Actually, a lad I used to race against a lot, Joey Roscoff. He was riding for Hinkappy when I was riding for Estelis in the States. Done battle against the lad many times. He's a good guy and a great bike rider. He was up the road for most of the day in a four-man break, and then he attacked them and went solo and took a lot of the KOM points. Well, yeah, he was eventually reeled back in by a very organized and motivated quick step, as we'd expect. They were dominant last season, and the wolf pack started where they left off. Bennett, I'm sure he could have got extra cash somewhere else, but it shows where his motivation is. Bennett has a few years now to win some of the biggest bike races in the world and really put a stamp on history. And yeah, he done it in style, uh, didn't disappoint. Elio Koysa piloted him really well in the closing kilometres. And then we had it at the finish line. Bennett fastest. Uh, Philipson from UAE was second. Basca was toward Viviani boxed in a little bit for And Greipel, evergreen Greipel. Uh, in fifth place and it was interesting to see daryl impy uh earlier in the race and daryl impy was you know trying to defend his title uh, i'm just trying to pull up here at as i'm talking the quote from sam bennett daryl impy trying to defend this title and trying to take some bonus seconds um but yeah we have, we have Richie port coming out this week and saying that he was going to mount quite a concerted effort this year for the tour down under. So that is going to be uh, super interesting to see how it kind of unfolds. But Bennett, after the race, he was quick to... Uh, he prays on the Deconic Quick Step team. He said, uh, I think it was definitely a job of the team. I think it's the reason why I won today. I'd be lying if I didn't feel the pressure coming to the Quick Step to get the first win. The guys did an absolutely fantastic job. They kept me in position. Every one of them played a superb role today, and I can't thank them enough. Bennett is always very fast to tank his team, and he's always very humble in defeat and victory. Big fan of Bennett here on the show. Uh I was saying last week uh, when I was in Mallorca on the vlog that I'm going to get Chris Jensen most likely as a guest this week. So I'm going to touch base on him, see if it works logistically for him. He's at a training camp at the moment in Sicily. So hopefully we can get him and internet connections work. Chris Jensen, I'm going to say one of the most Irish men in the peloton. uh, Raced a lot at Under Edge here in Ireland. So... He's a cool lad, he's an interesting guy, and it's always great having guys with the Irish Connection and the World Tour pedigree. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed the A One Show podcast. I hope you enjoyed watching on YouTube. Let us know how you're enjoying that because this is the new edition. It's been rolling along. I think what are we were into the I think we're 50 episodes deep or so on the podcast on traditional podcast platforms but we're only episode 2 with actually putting the video up on YouTube so definitely in its experimental stages. I love doing the podcast it's my favorite medium I get to waffle and I get to you know I get to really drive home my message as to why I'm still cycling and I took some time to clarify it and I really boiled it down to one question it's how can I use cycling as a tool to improve my health my happiness and my longevity. And that's what I try and dig into in this podcast in depth and I give you the insights and I'm lucky enough that I have time in my hands that I can get through a lot of books and I can listen to a lot of podcasts out on the bike train and I try and distill that information and give back to you guys the most important stuff that I'm finding that's having an impact on me and changing the way I live and shaping new directions for me. So I hope you've got benefit from it and I'm going to chat to you in the next episode. Thanks for watching.